Hi, I'm Dr. Antonio Aviña Subieta. I am an associate professor at the Department of Medicine at the University of British Columbia and also Arthritis Research Canada scientist here at, in British Columbia and Vancouver. I'm going to talk about a recent paper that we published on the risk of venous thromboembolism in patients with gout at the population level. The importance of the venous thromboembolism, which includes deep venous thrombosis and pulmonary embolism, is relevant because most of the research in inflammatory arthritis has been focused on the arterial side of the cardiovascular system. And in the recent years, the risk of thrombotic events on the venous side has been largely ignored. And deep venous thrombosis, especially pulmonary embolism, is the third most common cause of cardiovascular death in patients during hospitalizations. Therefore, this is an important cause that can be prevented. The importance of this study also lies on the um, fact that our findings are based on a population-based study, meaning that the general stability of the results apply to the average patient that we all see in clinical practice. Most of previous studies have been done in selected populations, either patients that has been only in hospital or from tertiary care clinics. Therefore, their results or their findings may not be applied to the general population. Furthermore, the importance of these study is in rheumatology, as you know, gout is the most prevalent inflammatory arthritis among all rheumatic diseases. And therefore, the impact of complications as venous thromboembolism will have a huge impact in a large number of individuals. The reason why we were interested in answering this question was because previous studies were very limited in numbers and also in the generalizability as, as discussed before. So we have access to a special population sample in British Columbia, which is uh, one of the provinces in Canada, and that includes all individuals who have been diagnosed with gout since 1990 and who received care up until 2015. So that will allow us an opportunity to actually answer the question if patients with gout will have also an increased risk of venous thromboembolism that has been previously demonstrated for the other type of inflammatory arthritis. But also, we were interested in explore for the first time if the risk was also present even before the diagnosis of the disease. This is something that has never been done before. And therefore, this was the key element that brought our attention and our interest to explore this research question. So the way we decided to uh, analyze our population was first, we only include individuals with new diagnosis of gout based on diagnostic codes from 
the visits to outpatient clinics, anybody, could be general practitioners, could be specialists, internists, etc. Or people who have been diagnosed with gout during uh, hospitalizations. In order to define incident cases, we exclude cases who had been diagnosed or had an ICD-9 code before entering the cohort. Our patients enter the cohort from 1997 and ended up the follow-up up until 2015. Therefore, people who have the diagnosis before 1997, they were excluded. And also, we exclude individuals who had been diagnosed with either deep venous thrombosis or pulmonary embolism before the gout diagnosis. What we decided to do then was an incident cohort with incident events. And then when the patient was diagnosed, we followed them up until the end of the study, the occurrence of the event, death, or when the patient left the province, whichever happens first. Once the patient developed the event, we stopped the follow-up for that individual and continue with it all only following those individuals who never developed the event until they develop the event or other outcomes. So we calculated the incident rate per 1,000 person years, and then we adjusted for all traditional risk factors for gout with the intention to define what was the true and solid risk of venous thromboembolism in patients with gout after adjusting for traditional risk factors. So our main findings show that the risk of venous thromboembolism in the pre-gout period, which included the first three years prior to the diagnosis of gout, was 51% overall compared to matched individuals with the same age and the same gender from the general population. And the risk was 22% during the post-gout period, which include the first five years after the diagnosis of gout. And this was a striking finding. We were not expecting to have a higher risk prior to the diagnosis of gout. And this is almost double than the risk after the diagnosis. And this was surprising because gout is a quite acute diagnosis compared to other inflammatory arthritis, where the period may be, the pre-diagnosis period could be prolonged and not as an acute as it happens in gout. So this study shows that likely the high levels of uric acid that are known to happen prior to the acute event of gout could play a role in the development of the thrombotic event. And once you start treatment for gout, the risk starts to decrease. 
which suggests that the inflammatory process may play a key role here too. There is evidence to suggest that uric acid could have a prothrombotic event in people with gout. That has been suggested in animal models, but also in individuals with gout who have high uric levels, and they correlate with higher risk of myocardial infarction. Therefore, it's not surprising to suggest that the uric acid levels could play a role as a trigger for venous thromboembolism. The fact that the event risk or the risk of the incident risk of venous thromboembolism decreases over time suggests that treatment could also play an important role in the prevention of these complications. And this has important implications for patients and for physicians who provide care for this population. Now, we know, for instance, that the adherence to treatment in patients with gout is very low. Large studies have shown that only around 20% of people will stick to continue taking treatment. And our findings will then encourage individuals to take treatment, not only to treat and prevent gout flares, but also to prevent complications that could be as serious as the pulmonary embolism, which is a preventable cause of mortality. The most surprising findings of the study were the highest risk of gout closer to the diagnosis. For instance, when we explore three years prior to the diagnosis of gout, the risk was around 44%, the adjusted risk. That means the independent uh, role of gout on, on the risk. And the risk increased by 61% on the second year prior to the diagnosis of gout. But in the year prior to the diagnosis, the risk was 200% compared to the general population. That means the double the risk compared to individuals who would not have gout in the following year. And then the risk after the first year of the diagnosis decreased was only compared to, compared to the general population was 71% and then gradually declines. For instance, for the second year, 24%, 21% for third year, and 18% for the fourth year which again suggests that one, the treatment may play a role in decreasing the risk. The treatment decreases the risk of having high uric acid levels and therefore these will decrease the risk of developing venous thromboembolism. Unfortunately, we did not have access to lab values and therefore we cannot confirm our hypothesis that the uric acid levels correlate with the risk as well. We have now lab data and we will uh, expand our research to confirm these uh, preliminary hypotheses. And we wonder now if these 
increased risk of venous thromboembolism also happens in other inflammatory arthritis prior to the diagnosis, and we're working on this. As a final point for clinicians, that we need to be aware that uric acid levels could increase the risk of venous thromboembolism in individuals who will develop gout at a later point. And maybe this will prompt to start treatment earlier. This is something that has to be confirmed, though, with perhaps a clinical trial before we can actually implement it in clinical practice. After reviewing the findings of our study, I will suggest some key messages for people providing care for individuals with gout. First, we need to be aware that gout on its own increases the risk of developing venous thromboembolism, including DVT or pulmonary embolism. And therefore, we should be looking for those complications in individuals who already have been diagnosed, especially in the first year after the diagnosis. And we should tell the patients as well that these complications could occur and seek medical attention if they start to experience symptoms, especially deep venous thromboembolism, because if you diagnose early, you could treat early and prevent a subsequent complication, which is the pulmonary embolism, where the fatality is higher. Secondly, we could prevent the development of venous thromboembolism in people with have been diagnosed already with gout, perhaps by using anticoagulation. The only limitation of this is that we still do not know who are the individuals at the highest risk. And this is something that we're working on now. Number three, we should consider that people who continue increasing the risk of developing gout by increasing levels of uric acid could be alert that the risk of venous thromboembolism also may occur in these patients. And they should be aware of that, and that also could lead them to seek medical attention earlier. And perhaps we will need to monitor uric acid levels continuously, even if the patient has not developed an acute attack of gout. And finally, we should encourage patients who have been diagnosed with gout to stick to treatment. We know it's an epidemic, the low adherence to treatment, and patients tend to only treat the acute phase and not stick to the use of lower urine therapy by convincing them that adhering to treatment will prevent them to have new flares of gout. They will also avoid serious complications like venous thromboembolism. And this will be a good stimuli for people to adhere to treatment. After the findings of this study, our future research will include to identify individuals at the highest risk for developing venous thromboembolism so we can initiate treatment before the event occurs. As I mentioned before, an oral anticoagulation will be the 
most likely treatment, but only on those individuals who will have a high degree of developing the complication. Number two, we will include likely in the model the potential role of uric acid levels and the ability to predict the risk of developing this complication. If the models show that uric acid levels are the best predictor, then we could identify a threshold to initiate treatment to decrease uric acid levels to prevent not just the development of gout, but also the development of venous thromboembolism. And a final point is, we have shown in previous research that the number of hospitalizations of patients with gout continues to increase, likely to complications. And therefore, by implementing strategies like the ones I discussed before on prevention, may also decrease the risk of hospitalizations, which is an increased burden for the healthcare system. We have shown in previous research that unlike rheumatoid arthritis with the people with the disease tend to go less frequent to the hospital because they receive better care or, and, and control of the disease as an outpatient, preventing them to being hospitalized. In gout, we have not seen these trends, and therefore we need to take a more proactive role, and this is something that uh, our research is uh, focusing on. If the implementation of the new strategies or translation of findings in research will lead to decrease the number of hospitalizations and therefore decrease the disease burden of gout. Finally, I think we should also be interested in, in doing strategies to increase adherence to treatment in patients with gout. We're working on what is actually the cost of not adhering in people with gout, not just on the financial aspect, but also on the risk of complications other than cardiovascular disease. It is very likely that not adhering to treatment increase the risk of other complications, such as likely diabetes or hypercholesterolemia, as we have seen in, in other inflammatory arthritis. So a lot of things to do and a new opportunity to contribute to the care of this population where we can impact uh, the quality of life and the survival. Well, I hope you learned some with this podcast and uh, thank you for listening.